Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. It's been 20 years and billions of products deployed since HDMI's launch in 2002. And recently, the HDMI 2.1a version was announced featuring the addition of source-based tone mapping. What does it mean for integrators and end users? HDMI Licensing Administrator President and CEO Rob Tobias joins the CE Pro Podcast this week to discuss that and more in the anniversary year of the interface. As always, be sure to subscribe to CE Pro's YouTube channel and hit that like button on our videos, or subscribe to the CE Pro podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Rob Tobias, President and CEO of HDMI Licensing Administrator, thank you very much for joining the CE Pro podcast again. Well, thanks for having me come back. I always enjoy having these conversations. Well, HDMI is always and has been a hot topic uh, on CE Pro. And Rob, speaking of that, it's been a hot topic for two decades now. 2022 is a big year for HDMI technology as we mark 20 years of HDMI connectivity. Uh, according to your group's recent pre-CES briefing that I was on, there have been 11 billion, with a B, HDMI devices that have been expected to ship since the launch in 2002. So I just wanted your take on, you know, what does that say about the impact that this interface has had over the years? Well, it's been an exciting 20 years to say the least. Uh, you know, I've spoken to some of the people that were involved in the original spec back in 2002, and, and they had no idea uh, this would be such an impactful interface uh, across the consumer electronics and PC and mobile industries. But fantastic. As you mentioned, 11 billion devices, that's a huge amount of devices. Uh, there's over 1,900 companies around the world that are, are building, designing, manufacturing uh, products, systems, uh, chips, and, 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 and whatnot to uh, make this such a successful interface. And the, the great thing about it is it continues to evolve. Uh, it's always been uh, in lockstep with the industry as it's moved from the original uh, high definition era to the 8K ultra high definition era we are uh, in today. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that uh, that we're already on 8K and who knows, you know, soon we'll see where that goes. Uh, but definitely, even beyond the consumer electronics world, uh, the HDMI market and applications for it has, has really expanded uh, in recent years. Uh, what are some of the ways and in industries that you're seeing HDMI being applied to? Well, because of its, its um, capabilities, it has been adopted across multiple industries beyond just the traditional consumer electronics industry. Uh, a lot of that has to do with it's been integrated into all sorts of semiconductor devices. And so that makes it a, a easy and low cost uh, audio, digital audio video interface. And we're seeing it uh, deployed into things like uh, automotive, uh, we're seeing healthcare, uh, military, aerospace, uh, industrial. So it, it's very exciting. We're, we're seeing some interesting uh, uses. Uh, recently, the Apple MacBook Pro reintroduced HDMI. Uh, we all hate dongles, and I think Apple finally got the, the message that their users uh, just wanted the interface directly on there. Uh, the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer has multiple HDMI interfaces, so your, the kids, uh, the family can bring their entertainment devices, gaming system, plug them in, 
uh, and keep busy on the road trip. And I would imagine we're just going to expect more and more of that uh, in 2022 and beyond to, to go even further. So in terms of 2022, uh, as usual, the year starts off with the CES, the big the big consumer trade show that just took place in Las Vegas. I'm sure, Rob, that you were on top of what was being introduced there in terms of some of the devices or innovations and products that uh, stood out to you from the show. What are some things that you could point to? Well, uh, this is always an exciting time of year. Uh, manufacturers and brands are introducing their latest innovations and products, and CES is always the main showcase for that, as you, as you point out there. Some of the interesting things I have found, in the, especially in the uh, audio video space, are uh, new panel technology, uh, uh, QD OLED. Uh, that's going to take uh, picture quality to the next level there. Uh, OLEDs were already at the at the pinnacle, and this just raises the bar even further. Uh, we're also seeing uh, refresh rates in both TVs and monitors. Uh, last year, we saw the gaming uh, TVs go to 4K at 120. Uh, now we're seeing them jump to 144 and 240 hertz refresh rates. So really aiming to uh, uh, do smooth, smooth, very smooth motion. Uh, we're also seeing... Uh, ambient light sensors uh, being dynamically used with the TVs uh, with HDR processing, uh, such as Dolby Vision's IQ and HDR10+. Uh, so that's that's another exciting innovation to uh, bring into the uh, home, home theater. And then uh, near and dear to my heart are the uh, ultra-high-speed cables, uh, especially for your listeners here the active optical cables. There were a number of uh, companies who made announcements at CES for the 48 gig uh, fully certified Ultra HD cables. So look for those, look for the, the label that is uh, on the packaging to ensure these have been certified and tested. Uh, so you're gonna get a high quality uh, AOC cable. Great, we're gonna go into uh, some of that packaging and the certification a little bit a little bit later, uh, but getting back to some of the, the displays and, and HDR in particular, high dynamic range, uh, we wanted to get into a new feature that will be impacting that quite a bit, it sounded like. Uh, during that pre-CES briefing, the HDMI version 2.1a spec was previewed, and the key feature be there being added was uh, something called source-based tone mapping, uh, SBTM for short, Rob, can you put SBTM technology into layman's terms for us so we know what, it, what it's all about? Sure. And uh, yeah, the exciting uh, SBTM acronym there. Uh, but it is a very, very interesting feature for HDR uh, and it enhances it even further. Uh, what it allows is the source device to query the display device on its capabilities, its brightness, um, range of brightness, its, its color gamut, um, and, and other attributes. And then it allows the source to combine multiple uh, HDR components and, uh, and apply its algorithms to that and then send it over to the display device uh, who would then um, have a, a single uh, combined video signal that it can then display and have a much better HDR experience. 
Okay, so basically optimizing the HDR, uh, when it comes to that, then what are some of those applications where we'll see SBTM be, you know, really useful and applicable, uh, you know, for consumers and, and for our audience integrators to really um, keep under consideration? And it's, and that's where it's probably easier to understand is the, the use cases. So there's, there's two primary use cases. Uh, one is when a set-top box um, has an application where it's combining multiple video sources. It might be uh, some thumbnails that are um, a menu guide that some of the content might be SDR, some might be HDR, and it can uh, use that knowledge to create a single video image uh, that's optimized for the display's capability. Uh, in addition, it's great for um, uh, PC world, gaming world, where you might have multiple windows. You have a one of the windows, uh, the main window is going to be an HDR game, uh, but you also might be having a, uh, a webcam video window, and you might also have a window up there with uh, text. And so it's it allows the, the PC and graphics card to optimize the uh, HDR um, to from all those sources into a single video feed that is sent over to the display. That sounds great. And of course, uh, the, the interface itself has done a, a lot of features that really kind of um, look to up the ante on the experience for the gamers out there. And it sounds like this is right up, right up the alley and following suit. Um, in terms of the HDMI 2.1a, uh, are there other enhancements that are going to be incorporated into that um, that we should know about? Uh, there's another uh, feature that was part of HDMI 2.1 called quick media switching. Uh, that uh, there has been some spec enhancements to uh, help with the uh, clarification and implementation. Uh, so we'll, we should be seeing that rolled out here uh, in the near future as well. And what quick media switching uh, allows is when you switch between different video sources, so maybe you're switching between a, a 720p, uh, 60 frames per second, uh, video to maybe a movie that's 1080p, 24 frames per second. So you're switching between resolution and frame rate. Uh, this allows you to do that quickly without seeing uh, black screens uh, or any uh, hiccup or frozen video. So once again, improving the uh, user experience. Yeah, that sounds great as well. Uh, Rob, let's talk a bit more about HDMI 2.1 in general. Um, and some miscommunication that may be out there about the specs feature marketing. Uh, obviously, there, there's a lot going on with 2.1, a uh, whole litany of features. But for starters, you know, when a manufacturer markets their product as HDMI 2.1 product, uh, what exactly does that encompass? So let's try to clear up some, some confusion out there. <laughs> yes, there's... Uh... Um, you know, we, we try to make it clear to manufacturers and to consumers. Uh, so there's uh, the HDMI form who writes these specifications. They deprecated the 2.0 spec. So everything's now HDMI 2.1. And they do that because they, uh, you know, it, they want to maintain one specification. Uh, they also continually improve on the CTS and that new capability requirements that devices are, are needed to pass the CTS. And so any new product that 
uh, is released will need to be compliant with the latest specification. And so now that is the HDMI 2.1 specification. So if somebody is designing a new 4K60 product, uh, which was originally specified in HDMI 2.0, they would need to be fully compliant with the 2.1 spec. Now, where people may get confused if they think, well, HDMI 2.1 introduced 4K120 and 8K, so how can 4K60 be uh, part of that spec? Uh, well, it's always been that way. As the HDMI interface has is, is moved from uh, 480p, 720p, 1080i to 1080p, to 4K60 to 4K120, devices have always been able to support all the different resolutions. And so uh, that's where uh, some confusion may arise. Now, it is required if manufacturers list the HDMI and mention the, the version number, they are required to list which features they support. So if it does support 4K120, they're supposed to list that if it supports VRR, they're supposed to list that. If it supports ER, they're supposed to list that so that integrators, consumers can easily discern what the device supports. Yeah, and, and we were chatting a, a little bit about this and uh, kind of something that I think might be a little eyebrow raising for, for some people, but uh, in terms of the 2.1 spec, um, features, are they mandatory or are they optional? And then which ones, um, which HDMI 2.1 features can a device be certified for? Well, the, the uh, HDMI specs have always been developed by the leading CE and PC manufacturers and their uh, suppliers, chip and, and other suppliers. And so they work on uh, to stay in lockstep with what the industry needs as we move to more advanced capabilities, higher resolutions, faster refresh rates. And so they always desire to have the ability to customize each product. So if you take a TV manufacturer, for example, they have a, a large set of models that can span anywhere from low resolution, maybe a 720p TV up to an 8K, 120 hertz uh, TV and everywhere in between. And for that low end 720p TV, there is no need to have a 48 gig interface. It, it, it can't handle that bandwidth. It just, this, the panel doesn't support resolution. The, the TV processing chip in there doesn't handle that. Uh, so it'll only ask for a 720p signal. And so the features are optional to give the manufacturers the flexibility to deploy the different features across their models and family members so that they can put the, the uh, optimal feature set uh, in each of these displays. Now, given that, once they choose which feature set to implement and integrate, they, they are required to uh, pass the compliance test specification uh, so they can be certified for those feature sets. All right. So obviously there are some, you know, a lot, plenty of legacy products out there and older spec HDMI products like 2.0, 1.4B. Um, you know, for consumers and integrators out there looking to have the right 
products, the right devices, and those that are properly certified and compliant, how do, how do they know uh, where to find this information and, and what features are supported? Well, manufacturers typically will put that information uh, on their, their technical documentation, their, their marketing literature, uh, usually can find it on their websites. Uh, some are even putting in their press releases. A number of products introduced at CES with, with you know, they boasted this supports HDMI 2.1 with 4K at 120 hertz support, ALLM, VRR, ER. So there's multiple places to find that information. Now, with regards to uh, legacy devices, there are still lots of products uh, for sale and manufacture, manufacturing sale that will uh, promote that it's an HDMI 2.0A, let's say, or an HDMI 1.4B uh, system. And those are completely legitimate products. Uh, they were designed, tested, and certified when those specifications uh, were available. And, uh, and they will work uh, for, uh, for those feature sets. And in those cases, too, it should mention which feature sets it does support uh, so that consumers and integrators can decide if that's the uh, right device to uh, purchase and integrate into their system. Sure. So it sounds like they just need to maybe do a little more homework and, and reading when they're working on choosing and selecting the proper products for their systems. Rob, in terms of, uh, you know, just circling back to the, the 20 years of HDMI, um, clearly, you know, with COVID still you know, a big thing that's impacting uh, the industry and events and things like that. You know, who knows what the schedule will be like this year, but I'm sure the HDMI groups have some special things happening and, and marketing campaigns and messaging going on for, you know, to keep that word going out there. Um, you know, what is uh, what are some of the things planned for this year that's hoping to, to take off? Yeah, we want to celebrate, you know, 20 years of, being the number one digital audio video interface. Uh, you know, our slogan's 20 years of connectivity. Uh, unfortunately, we are still in the midst of the pandemic here. Uh, we you know, had uh, thought we might be able to kick off the 20 year celebration at CES, but unfortunately that did not come to pass. Uh, if, you know, circumstances allow for it, you know, maybe at Computex, maybe at uh, Cedia, uh, we will see. Uh, we will definitely virtually celebrate it through our website and other uh, you know, marketing promotional events. Um, but, you know, stay tuned and fingers crossed. Um, but we will be celebrating this year, 20 years. Sure. I know last year there were some uh, things centered specifically around the, uh, the gaming market, too. So hopefully we'll have some big events like that. Uh, certainly gaming, esports are, are going to continue to grow into 2022. And home entertainment is, uh, you know, just still going like uh, like gangbusters out there. So clearly the HDMI 2.1, it will continue to make a major impact. And so with that, we expect to have Rob uh, probably on the podcast again this year at some point. We'll get another update, hopefully. But uh, in the meantime, Rob Tobias, HDMI, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. And it's always a pleasure.